0: Welcome to Social Workers Break Room. This is Imelda. And I'm Jennifer. And today we bring you three easy stress management techniques for your daily life. Let me
1: take a sip of my drink.
0: Yes. That's the taste of sponsorship. This could
1: be your drink if you were a sponsor of our show. I'll drink whatever you want. (laughs) Stay with us. Hello from the other side of the world. We survived elections. Oh, I was like Australia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is a joke. <laughs> now we're just in South Phoenix. <laughs> Pretty much the same. Thing. Yeah. There's also things down here that will kill you. <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs> no. I'm saying <laughs> cuz like I had a meeting at work on Monday. And we all, like, signed off from the meeting saying, okay, well, we'll see everyone on the other side next Monday. You know, like, the other side of the elections. Because mm-hmm.
0: everyone was, like, afraid. So that's what I was referring to. But Not. then the other half of your staff just died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to zoom in from heaven. <laughs> like you said, meet us on the other side. Uh, Jesus, half yeah, of you didn't the other show up. Side.
1: Not literally, but... <laughs> figuratively the other side of the problem can you imagine if one day we do a a podcast from the other side of the world
0: we really should there's our excuse to travel yeah do a a global social work series just different locations like it has nothing
1: (laughs) the content will have nothing to do with global it was just us no we're like live (laughs) from New York here's
0: problems in Arizona
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is how you can get your license in Arizona Directly from Japan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> While we we're in China, we thought it would be good to talk about what's something. Oh uh oceans. There you go.
1: I mean we have to cross one to come back home. True. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Live I've, from China, never <laughs> coming home. Please <laughs> <Needs> help. <laughs> Send help. We've been kidnapped. <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't even know what
1: we were talking about Okay
0: That's why people are like Are you guys a cast? I'm like Nope <laughs> <laughs> We were a Chadcast We would never get to the we point never get to the point Which, you know <clears throat> Just a like journey with no destination <laughs> That's what Our CEO said something that I want tattooed on my body He said, often wrong Never in doubt <laughs> Hey, that's exactly how I feel about half this stuff. People are like, oh no, you just you just podcast. You just talk. And people like to listen to it. I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Like,
1: unless you have unless you have some content, you know, something specific that people can take
0: away from it. I don't know. We'd have to mail out free spoons so people could gut their eyeballs out from how <laughs> awful it was to listen to. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean I would like to say we're not that bad.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, if we would sit here and just have a conversation, a two-way conversation I mean, it'd be for like, like 40 minutes. It will be like this because, I mean, we've been recording for like 10 minutes and we haven't <laughs> said anything.
0: No, nothing nothing <laughs> useful. No, nothing really useful. So, yeah, we will be doing that. No. Okay. I'm like, ooh, shiny. I've never seen this. <laughs> I really got to stop.
1: All right. Oh, man. Okay, I'm an adult.
0: Is, this is why we're not a chat guest. <laughs> This is why, and this is why we don't have an episode every week. Bingo. That's what I was thinking. I was like, should you and I, should you come over? We should watch the election and chat cast it, live cast.
1: Oh.
0: No. No,
1: I don't think that would be <laughs> It would good. be all this. It would be just this. Yeah. Maybe it, we
0: should do it at some point. Just do like a. I mean, even if we watch something stupid, like the finale of a TV show, finale of Grey's Anatomy, sit there and chat <laughs> cast over that. Be like, stop, nope, that doesn't really happen in hospitals. Yeah, true. I promise your doctor does not want you. I promise. And if it does, maybe you shouldn't be working there. Call me.
1: Conflict of interest. Lawsuit. (laughs) Money. Step three, profit. (laughs)
0: Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> one, two, three, one, two,
1: three.
0: We know that this week in particular has been incredibly stressful and I've learned more about geography this week than I did in high school. And for the first time this morning, I didn't have to wake up and refresh the map or set alarms for ballot drops and bless everyone who contributed to the highest quality of meme content this last week. Oh, it has been top notch quality.
1: Yeah. We you have given us a lot of content to work with. <laughs>
0: terms of memes. So TikToks are now my reason for living. Thank yeah. You.
1: And you know, I have to say that I am now thinking, actually considering getting one of those big interactive screens, maps for myself. It looks so cool on TV. You know, they were just writing on it and pulling things and, you know, I don't know all the stuff that they were doing, but, or maybe it's just a junking mix, makes everything look really cool. I don't know. Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this tiktok i saw that um a woman saying how she has spent more time with the the group at, from cnn all the reporters from cnn that she has spent with her actual family and her friends because like she's like i'm in a relationship with them i have breakfast lunch and dinner with them i go to bed with them i wake up with them I'm like
0: yep i think that was pretty much entire nation yeah i'm pretty sure i'm in a Polyamorous relationship with Pennsylvania and Georgia at this point. <laughs> I owe them a lot.
1: You know, I, I, how many how many counties can a state have? I mean, here in Arizona,
0: we don't have that many,
1: and some other states are like
0: like hundreds. They're like this one's shaped like a dolphin. Arizona's like <laughs> big state, make three big blocks,
1: right? I was like good uh, enough.
0: Who? North, South, Middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're forty eighth in education, folks. Hey, we don't need that many counties because we can count them. <laughs> That's why they're called counties. <laughs> so you can count them. That's why Arizonans can only count to like 10. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, while we didn't make it through this week alone, uh, we're lucky enough ourselves to be therapists and social workers by trade. So we wanted to share three coping skills that we use and teach every day. So... I'll open it up with one that I consider totally essential to both my daily personal practice and something that I teach all the time, because it's probably one of the fastest ones I think you can teach. Um, And it's called several things, you know, box breathing, ABC breathing, or four, seven, eight breathing. I typically refer to it as four, seven, eight because when you teach it that way, it helps clients remember oh, yeah, which numbers do I count to? Four, seven, and eight. Mm. So, step one, you're gonna wanna give yourself a jelly belly, as I affectionately refer to it. So, when we're stressed out or we're wearing fight, flight, or freeze, our body tends to tense up. It's trying to get us ready to either we're either frozen, we got to either fight something, or we got to run away. So you have kind of your hips, if you imagine like your hips and all your organs around your belly um, are kind of like a bowl of water. When you sit up really straight, you're going to want to spill that bowl and get all jelly in your chair. Because if you are really relaxed in that area, it makes your uh, organs really vulnerable, which tells your body, okay, if... She's not interested in protecting her organs. Like, we're probably not in that much danger. So we're going to go ahead and get loosey-goosey, jelly belly, however you want to think about it. And then we're doing, so four, seven, eight breathing. So essentially, you're breathing in for four, you're holding for seven, and you're breathing out for eight. So why we do this, when you hold your breath for that long, it allows your body to reoxygenate. Um, it also pulls your focus away from other thoughts while you're counting through those numbers. And then it's really good for sleep. You know, when people are snoring and they take that huge breath and then you're like, oh my gosh, are they still breathing? Cause they hold it forever. And then they finally exhale. Um, it's similar, even the same pattern in a lot of people. So a lot of people also use four, seven, eight breathing to help them go to sleep. So what we're going to do, we're going to start with our hands on our belly for the first two. And we're going to check into our body from your toes all the way up. So I'm going to lead you through a couple of these. So hands on your belly. So you're going to breathe in for four. One, two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. On this next one, I want you to think about breathing in through your toes and breathe all the way up through your head. Ready? Breathe in two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And you can do a couple of these and send that breath in or that breath out to a part of your body that either maybe it's itchy, maybe it's painful, maybe you're noticing it more than others. Another thing you can do is you're going to place one hand over your heart. So, you know, if you were Growing up in the United States, you might have been taught to do this for the Pledge of Allegiance. So you're putting your hand over your heart and checking in and feeling your heartbeat. Now what you do is you're going to bring your other hand right over that one until your thumbs touch. So... And while you're doing your four, seven, eight breathing this time, you're going to think of a person or something that fills you with gratitude. And when you breathe out, you're going to breathe and sink into that feeling of warm and connectedness. So I'll count you through a couple while you think of that special person. So breathe in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One more. Think of a special memory. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Out. Breathe out your gratitude. Four, five, six, seven, eight. And one reason we do that is when you put your hand over your heart, as well as you think of someone special or something that brings you gratitude. We know oxytocin is a love and connection hormone. So when you both connect with your heart and that warmth and that energy that you sometimes feel in your body, as well as give your brain that connection to that special person, it's going to release that connectedness hormone because it's going to feel like that person is more there. That made me already calm. I was following along with you, so uh, you know this exercise reminds
1: me of some meditation exercises that I have done using different apps. Um, there are some popular ones out there. Um, I personally use um, Headspace, and uh, one meditation exercise that I really like that reminded me of this one too is that when you know the the person um, guides you through. What it will feel like for the sun to, you know, go through your body, starting mm. your toes and going all the way up to your face and your head. It is very powerful. Um, it does calm you down. And, you know, and speaking of senses and, and feeling, I will also like to share a grounding technique that I often use with myself. Um, I share with my friends also and the clients that I work with. You might have heard of the five, four, three, two, one grounding exercise. Yes. It's one of my favorite ones. And, you know, anxiety can sometimes feel overwhelming um, and so much that it can take out space in our minds and our ability to focus and be present, um, whether it is at work, with our families, um, right now with so many things going on around us, um, pandemic, elections. Yeah. Um, you know, we have all experienced how for the last Week, I will say at least, mm-hmm. um, just that overwhelm of information yep. in the media. Even if you're not watching TV, you're getting the notifications on your phone. It's everywhere. So it can feel overwhelming and it can take up a lot of space in our mind. So the 54321 tool is a simple yet effective method of regaining control of your mind when anxiety kicks in. It brings us back to the present by using our five senses, so it's sight, sound, touch, smell, and taste, and it helps you bring it back to basics, bring it back to your body, how your body is reacting to things, um, and this is a calming technique that can help you get through tough or stressful situations. So it doesn't—it's not necessarily just um, used when. You are, you know, having a, a, a break during the day, but when it's a very useful technique when you're actually having a really hard time, when you receive news that are difficult to process, uh, when you are in a setting where you know you're feeling stressed out, it can be used in between appointments with your clients, in between phone calls, when you're sitting in the car, just not just not <laughs> when you're driving, but you know when you park. Um, so this is a. It, it only takes a few minutes to do, and, and it, it really helps to bring you back to yourself. Um, so we're going to go through it today, and it starts with you sitting comfortably. You can also do it in standing, but preferably sitting, and with your eyes open, and taking a couple of deep breaths through your nose, you count to three, one, two, three, out through your mouth, one, two, three, and then look around you. And you are going to name, either in your head or name out loud, five things you can see. You can look around within the room where you are, out the window, what's in front of you, in front of your table, or what's far away. Whatever you have in front of you, you name five things. And then after you do that, you take another deep breath in through your nose, one two, three, out through your mouth, one, two, three. And then you're going to notice four things you can feel or touch. It can be the texture of your skin, the material of your chair, your socks, if you're wearing any, how does your hair feel like? Is it on your shoulders? Is it in your face? what are your hands touching right now? Is it a table, the back of the table? Just four things that you can feel or touch. Another deep breath, one, two, three. Out through your mouth, one, two, three. Now point out three things you can hear. It can be the cars passing by, birds if you're outside. When you're quiet, you can actually listen to things in your room that often you don't pay attention to. If you're at home, you can probably hear your AC, your fridge, or maybe you don't hear anything, and it's just that calmness of the moment. Get deep breath in through your nose. One, two, three. Out through your mouth. One, two, three. Now, two things you can smell. It can be the coffee that you're making in the morning, your pet, your fabric softener of your clothes, flowers. And if there is no smell at all that you can identify, just think of your favorite smell. If it's... it's. Lavender, or if it's coffee, or maybe is your childhood favorite meal—something mm. that you know that you think of as a specific smell that makes you feel good. Another deep breath in, one, two, three through your mouth; out, one, two, three. Finally, one thing you can taste. Um, And sometimes I say if we're doing this exercise, it will be a good idea to have a piece of chocolate or candy or something that you can put in your mouth um, that you can just let it sit in your mouth for a few seconds to identify the taste. But if you don't have anything, you can take a sip of water or any drink that you can have in front of you. Or even just notice, you know, how just your saliva feel inside of your mouth. What does it taste like? And then we finish with another deep breath. One, two, three. Out through your mouth. One, two, three. And we're done. This is a, uh, you know, you take that last deep breath to end. And it just takes a few minutes for you to calm down, reset your body, reset your senses. um, And it allows you to pay attention to what's in front of you, what's around you the space where you are at the moment and how your body is reacting to it.
0: Definitely. I think there's a lot of situations where we maybe have control of the environment. You know, we think of like the rooms that we set up for therapy. We might have things like, aromatherapy particular pictures to look at some snacks or mints on the table if it's something helpful to you you can kind of you know have a little calming kit so maybe it has like a favorite scented lotion in it it has like a couple emergency candies or mints or whatever you need to be in there to help you do some of these things Mm -hmm. another one where if you don't have the control of the environment. So say maybe you're in an office cube and you feel like you can't leave and you're not in the ideal therapy office. Another one that I've used with clients before is to think of your favorite hot beverage. So to close your eyes or however you check into an experience, you know, uh, cast your gaze down and to imagine yourself holding your favorite hot beverage. So whether that's hot cocoa or coffee or tea, and then to think of, you know, how would your hands look around the cup? What mug is it in? What else might be in the room with you? How does it smell? How does that first sip taste? You know, is it warm in your hands? Is it too hot? So how does it feel and how does it feel to imagine still through all those same five, four, three, two, one steps. But if you're having trouble grounding yourself in what's around you and you just need to check into an experience for a moment uh, to check in with a hot beverage, and then you can imagine yourself smelling deeply however it smells like and breathing out slowly over it to cool it down.
1: I love it. Yeah. Especially now when the winter's coming. So that's a, it's uh, a, it, Hot beverages and hot chocolate brings um, that warm, fuzzy feeling for most people. Yeah, I I use this technique often—the five, four, three, two, um, one—when I'm having sessions with a client that they're struggling to put into words Mm -hmm. uh, what they want to say. You know, they have been going around and around, trying to say the same thing, but they don't really try have the right words to convey how they feel or um, the experience that they're trying to share. It, it It's a good exercise to have them pause and like regain uh, control of their breathing, their thinking and their bodies. And then after that, they're usually able to like hit that reset button and then they start from scratch what they're trying to say. And it helps them, you know, put into put their thoughts
0: into sentences um, yeah, more clearly. I find that all the time. I end up saying, "Let's come out of your head and into the room." And mm-hmm. how we're going to do that is you're going to tell me a lot about the room we're in right now through this, you know, same technique. Yeah, it sounds so simple, but it's so effective. It is. Know. It is. That's what you know. The paced breathing and things like five, four, three, two, one, and even this, you know, CBT exercise I'm about to walk you through. It sounds easy and maybe even deceptively easy but as you know we'll kind of check into at the end a lot of it's about creating a pattern of doing this very intentionally that will continue to help you sustain through stressful moments kind of automatically So the last one, um, so as I mentioned, this is a CBT or a cognitive behavioral therapy exercise. Um, I find it most helpful when people are either stuck in a thought or feeling overwhelmed by everything they're thinking as a lot of us were this week. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of us ended up catastrophizing about the election in some way, or, (laughs) you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, you know, I heard a lot of those similar things, you know, what if we're shut down forever? What if everyone I love dies? So that kind of catastrophic thinking we are stuck in. Uh, So this has four steps, so we're going to go through them, um, and then some ways that you can integrate mindfulness or breathing into your daily life. So step one, when we're having a thought that we're either stuck in or that's distressing for us, is to relabel it. So we're going to notice it, and we're going to name it. So instead of, you know, the entire world is going to end if Pennsylvania doesn't count their votes tonight. Mm -hmm. So noticing it and saying, okay, that's just anxiety, or you know that's just catastrophizing, or that might not be true, or that's not something I know yet. Um, so, naming the thought as it comes in, and also rating it. So, if we think of the time in our life when we were most relaxed as like a zero or a one, um, and the time in our life when we were most distressed is like a ten. So, where does this thought check in realistically for you? Because a lot of time, our brain is like, "Oh, everything's a 10. But when you tell your brain, actually, you know, Mo, well, this is honestly more like a three or a four. You know, how is this between the most relaxed I've ever felt and the most distressed I've ever been? And a lot of times that's a good reality check for you and your brain to say, okay, we're only at a four. Yeah. We don't want to be at a four because that's uncomfortable too. We want to be closer to maybe a one or a two. Yeah, But it's not as, as bad as I thought it would. Exactly. Know? So that's that first reality check is to relabel mm-hmm. that. Then we're going to reattribute it or reframe it. So how do we either come up with either those positive replacement thoughts or kind of those neutral ones? Like, it's not me, it's just the OCD. Or things often work out for me, I'm safe, my hormones are ramped up right now, and I'm going to be okay. Uh, So things that kind of check you into something that's more based in reality versus the oh my gosh, if this doesn't go the way I need it to go, everything is over.
1: Yeah, but I, I think this will also work um, when we're trying to navigate through difficult relationships. Absolutely. Uh, whether family members or with a coworker, we often, our first thought is like, this is going to be this way forever. There's no resolution. This exactly, is exactly that the black end or white, yeah. all or
0: nothing thinking is so common. Mm-hmm. So, helping yourself check in. Again, one of my favorites is things often worked out. Mhm. Because it's true. It's true. Or things will work out simply because they have to. If you're yeah. having a conflict with a coworker, you can't have a conflict with your coworker for the next 50 years, mm-hmm. right? Things will work out simply because they have to. Yeah. So next, when we've kind of checked into that thought, so maybe we've decided like, okay, this is anxiety. This is not about me as a person. Uh, We're going to rate this as like a four. And we know that things often work out. But maybe still even when we've kind of checked into the thought, it's still kind of sticking around there. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, I we talk a lot about like the front brain and how the brain works in a lot of therapy sessions. Um, so step three is we're going to refocus. So we're going to acknowledge that this thought has a hook in the front of our brain and we can't get it out of our head. Or it's kind of that like the tape, the chatterbox that's in the background. And we're going to shift our attention away from it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to refocus on pleasurable or constructive activities in the moment. So, this is like 15 minutes at a time. So, if you don't have quite 15 minutes, being able to do something like the 478 breathing or the 54321 grounding is something that might take you a little bit less time. So, what I notice um, is when people are having those kinds of thoughts that hook them really easy, that's all front brain stuff. And our front brain is what processes the visual and verbal. So a lot of people are like, well, let me just talk about it or let me just watch TikToks or a funny movie. Mm -hmm. But understanding that your front brain is visually and verbally hijacked right now by those thoughts. We need to think of back brain activities. So some things that activate our back brain are math, music, balance, Motor skills, spatial skills, so things like puzzles, um, all activate your back of the brain.
1: Would painting or coloring be part of that
0: too? For a lot of people, that's still visual to them. And mm-hmm. it's trying to engage their front brain. And their front brain is still going, Pennsylvania is going to be the <laughs> thing that ruins my life. Um, yeah. So making sure that there are things that activate the back of your brain. The way I like to think about it, you know, especially true here out in Arizona, um, but a lot of you might have also had this experience when your air conditioning clicks on mm-hmm. and the lights dim for just a little bit, it's because your house needs to pull energy away from the lights to have enough to turn your air conditioning on. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what we're trying to do by activating the back of the brain is naturally by activating those different parts of your brain, we're going to need to pull those electrical impulses. We're going to need to pull that time and energy away from the front brain. So it's going to be harder for your brain to keep going. The election is going to ruin my life. The election is going to ruin my life. So we're trying to give it that little AC start to say, hey, back brain's turning on. Pull the electrical impulses away. So some things, you know, music oftentimes pretty easy to like play music
1: or you playing music or hearing or listening to music. Hearing
0: music, listening uh-huh. to music, participating in it. Uh, math for a lot of people are like, ew, math, that stresses me out. But things like Sudoku count mm-hmm. and activate that back brain um balance. Like it sounds silly, but like trying to hop on one foot or trying to walk with one foot and the other in front of the other, giving yourself kind of like a field sobriety test type thing yeah. um, activates, you know, both parts of your brain as well when it's trying to balance the left and the right there. So pretty much think that you can uh, that you have to be 100 percent focused on. In order to do them exactly exactly which is really again gonna like pull all of that front brain hijacking to the back of the brain because there's no way you can do a sudoku puzzle and really process it and do it well or that you can balance and hop on one foot while also trying to think about oh my gosh I'm so anxious you know mm-hmm. I have to have this difficult conversation before or things like puzzles where you have to understand each side of the shape and where it's going and where did I see a piece that kind of look like that so there are things that really sit in that back brain and drain that front brain's power over us. I, um,
1: I don't know if you have noticed, I, some friends have been really into building mini tier houses. Um, one of those, like, or even it could be a house, it could be a castle, it could be anything like that. So I think like assembling things and parts and making sure that you follow instructions, it can even be like an Ikea uh, building furniture, furniture building furniture Legos, or something like that
0: magnetics magna blocks i've seen all sorts of really cool things, but deciding whatever your thing is and having a way to pull from that. So do you need to buy a Sudoku book or download an app? Do you need a puzzle? Mm-hmm. Do you need a uh, something that allows you to balance? Do you need a good motor activity to go to? I've had a lot of clients purchase. Um, there's a couple, you know, on Amazon, like their card decks of different act, exercises or yoga moves, you know, that just take 10 seconds at a time. But when you have to engage your whole body, again, it's really hard for it to keep that tape running of catastrophizing everything when the back brain's being turned on. Makes sense. So finally after that, so you're going to do things hopefully 15 minutes at a time if you can, and then you're going to revalue it. So after you've done a Sudoku puzzle or you've, you know, done another type of puzzle, maybe you tried to walk along like a particular grout line in your house and balance on it. Maybe you did a dance to your favorite song. You know, I work with a lot of organizers who they turn on Whitney. And they shake every part of their body. And we feel so much better after we do it, no matter how stressful the meeting was. So you're going to revalue it. And a phrase that I think is really important to remember. So we know it's a thought. It's not a reality. So, And the thought wouldn't have let go if it was so important that you needed to hang on to it. If your body really thought you needed it to survive it wouldn't have let go of it wouldn't have gone from a four to a two some people you know after we do something we'll do a puzzle for a whole 15 minutes we'll just kind of be chit chatting while we do the puzzle or they'll be solving a sudoku thing or we'll be dancing I'll be like where is your thought now and people often go I can't even remember what it was I, I think I was stressed out about something the election or work but I'll be like what was a specific thought going through your brain and people will be like I don't know yeah. all I can hear is Whitney Houston's I want to dance with somebody <laughs> over and over in my head. So, revaluing it at the end, and again, reminding yourself if it was that important that I needed it for my survival, my brain would not have let go of it, but it mm-hmm. did because it really wasn't that important. It was just a thought, it wasn't reality. Mm-hmm. So some ways that you can kind of integrate this more regularly, um, I kind of explain this to clients a lot as, um, you know, a few times a day is better than a one-time meditation session. So a lot of people are into the idea that if I don't go to yoga for an hour, if I don't use Calm or Headspace to meditate for 10 or 15 minutes, I'm not going to be well, it's not going to work. Mm-mm. You know, and my theory is, is it better to go on a walk every day or run a marathon once a year? So doing it little by little every day actually de-stresses your body at several more points in the day versus just one. Even so, if it's like five minutes, four or, minutes, okay. or even, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or even less than that. So one to two minute a day mm-hmm. examples that I like to give to people. So red lights. I know a lot of us are driving a lot less than we are normally. But when you're at a red light, notice at least one aspect to the physical experience. How do your hands feel in the steering wheel? How does your butt feel in the seat? Um, And a lot of people think when they start to do mindfulness activities that when their mind goes off, they failed. And I like to say that that's two wins. Number one, you notice that your mind went off, which is a huge win. And if you're able to bring it back, that's pretty much victory to me. So letting your mind wander even when you're trying to check in with yourself isn't a failure. It's that path to victory for sure. Another one is washing your hair in the shower. So how do your fingers feel on your scalp? How does your shampoo smell? What's the temperature of the water? Another, like Amanda uh, mentioned earlier, uh, taking a sand timer from a game or like setting alarm on your phone. And when you're eating dinner, just notice for two to three minutes, just eating silently and focusing on your food. How does it taste? What's the temperature? What do you like about it? What's the texture? So really focusing while you're eating. Even if you can only stand to do it for two minutes during dinner, that's still two minutes where you're checked into the experience that you're having right now yeah. versus like your c- mind being all over.
1: You're cleansing, you're cleansing your, your active mind to focus on what you're doing at the moment and what you're putting in your body. You know that it's just It resets, at least for a little bit, for two minutes. Exactly. Your experience, yeah.
0: Or finding something else that you do, you know, every day, several times a day, a lot of people, you know, who have kids, I'll tell them after every diaper change, pick up your baby and really look at them and decide one thing you really love about them. It might be how teeny tiny that pinky toe is with that Mm -hmm. itty bitty little fingernail on it. Or if you're someone who regularly uses the bathroom, like we all should be because we should be drinking water and all that (laughs) other good stuff. When you're washing your hands, how do your hands look? Are your cuticles clean? how does the soap smell how does it feel did you get your hands all the way dry if not how does it feel for them to be a little bit wet when you put them on your pants to dry them the rest of the way like all of us do in real life how (laughs) does that feel so whatever you can find to integrate it just a little bit into your day, if you don't have time, you know, to unpack all of 5, or 3, two, 1, or to do a 15-minute Sudoku puzzle, you know, just taking a couple of those deep breaths or checking with your body from head to toe a couple of times a day can be a lot of what you need to de-stress, especially when we've had such compacted stress and trauma over the last seven or so Months. months.
1: Yeah, it's and and when we talk about self-care and when we talk about coping skills, you know, it's such a big word that sometimes um, we we think that we don't have the time. You know, we don't have the capacity at the moment. And when so many things are happening around us that we don't have really control over, um, like the pandemic or the elections or what's happening in the news, um, I know we're going to continue hearing the aftermath of of elections for for months months now and then then once um transition happens then there's going to be another set of
0: news and happenings i think i've done more teaching this with the media you know over this last week of i'm like okay do you have an iphone you know there's an application within it called screen time like right now is your goals for the next week like we're gonna set up exactly how much time for facebook how much time for news how much which ones have notifications on and which ones don't. And why we chose those different things. So there's a lot going on now. There's going to continue to be a lot, but also don't feel like if you don't do this perfectly, that it's not worth doing. Right. You know, a lot of times people will think it has to be the right coping skill. I have to do it the way my therapist taught me, or it's it's broken or it won't work. Again, doing even a little bit of it. I've had clients do four, seven, eight breathing while smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a way to check into their body and be mindful about what they were doing. How did the cigarette taste? Where are you when you're outside? Who's around you? So it doesn't have to be perfect to be progress. Mm-hmm.
1: And if for people who need that little reminder throughout the day to check in with themselves, um, there are some meditation apps and guided meditation apps, especially for people who are just starting to do these exercises. Uh, it can, it can sometimes feel overwhelming. Um, I have had, I've done the five, four, three, two, one with some friends and now we have done them um, a couple times via zoom mm-hmm. or, you know, just in person as well. And, and now they, at the beginning, they were like, "What well, what is that? Can you, can you text me again? Like, what is that technique? Like, how do you do it? But once they do it a few times, it becomes part of the routine. And then now they do it on a regular basis. Um, so sometimes starting um, it's, it might take you know it might take a little bit or might might feel a little overwhelming uh, trying to figure out if you're doing it right because uh, if you're not doing it right, we have this idea that it's not working, but we shouldn't do it at all yeah, so um something that has helped me personally is using some of these apps um, headspace I mentioned is the one that I use that it, it has meditation guided meditation for like even like a minute two minutes mm-hmm. um, and once you go through some of the exercises a few times um. You're able to do it on your own without the need of a
0: guide or the need of of an app, uh, but that's a good place to start. And even if you just start with noticing that you feel like your thoughts, your brain have been hijacked, like "Whoa, mm-hmm. this isn't me!" Like I, I'm not, I don't need to be stressed out twenty four seven. Like the universe probably actually isn't going to implode. Like, I can get through this. You know, step one is noticing when you need something and then trying something. You know, that's, I had a patient, you know, who every time I taught them something, they said, this is stupid. And I'm like, awesome. Sometimes we do stupid things in therapy. So if some of these don't work for you, you're not a failure. It just might not be the right thing for you. So notice, try, and progress, not perfection. Progress, not, not perfection. perfection. If like it's one percent better than yesterday, it's still better than yesterday. And that's yeah. awesome. We're yeah. so proud of you. <laughs> and as always, we invite you
1: to try uh, different techniques and, and um, with the things that work with you, things that work for your clients and the, the people that you work with, with your families. And you know, we're always in a constant state of learning. Um, and these are some of the techniques that have worked for us as professionals and personally as well. Um, so we invite you to continue exploring ways that you can cope um, with everything that 's happening um, we you know we have already talked about uh, self soothing skills and activities as well in different episodes, um, but we thought that it would be beneficial for how things are happening right now. Um, after the election, throughout the election, I felt like this last week, we all felt that sense of, um, like, we didn't really know what was going to happen. Uh, we were in that state of, uh, that limbo. Uh, I saw a meme that says, um, this week feels like the week be- in between Christmas and New Year's, that right. nobody knows what day it is, what we're supposed to be doing, uh, what time it is. It was just like that. Do I need a dress? Do I need a vegetable? <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, you know, hopefully some of the, the techniques that we share and the, and the exercises that we share with you are helpful
0: for you and that you can implement them in your personal life, and your professional life as well. Yeah. So we'll make sure there's a list of meditation apps in the resources section of our website. And as always, we hope you take something from this. Give us feedback when you have it. And we look forward to seeing you next time. See you in the next episode. <laughs>
1: Bye.